Bless the Lord in this house. I know, I know, I know, I know. Y'all were looking for me. Bless the Lord in this house. Amen. I can borrow a line from Georgina, Washington, for the Lord is good. Amen. Amen. I, I just needed to stop in this morning. Uh, I woke up in the middle of the night. The Lord said to me, my people need to see your face. They need to know. They need to see your face. I don't know what that's about, but y'all look at me. I'm fine. I don't know what you heard. I don't know what anybody told you, but cancel the funeral. I'm fine. <laughs> my people need to see. My people need to see your face. I wanted, wanted to encourage you this morning. I'm going to sit down, be obedient. I'm going to sit down and... Uh, Pastor Reverend Washington, this is a good place, a good place for, yes, God is real. Well, I used to just sing it. I know now. Well, as time passes, as, as time passes, it's more than a song. It becomes a testimony. Yes, God is real. Reverend Washington is going to come, and we're going to hear from heaven.
and sanctifying Savior. We honor the presence and power of God's Holy Spirit who dwells in us, with us, and guides us, leads us, and protects us every day of our life. We thank God again for the presence of our pastor. Give God some praise that God has worked it out Pastor can be here this morning. I just greet you in the only name that matters and that of Jesus the Christ. I want to run quickly to my text. I want to honor three who have come with me, my three favorite people in the world, and one of them's missing, and Demetrius Rashad and Alexis are not here this morning, but we have my wife, Quantricia. We have our sons, Richard, Benjamin, and Jason Vashon with us this morning. I want to say thank you just for their presence and thank you for being here. But so we can move, if you will, turn to Acts chapter 8. We just want to lift one verse in your hearing and want to concentrate on the clause in one verse, but 8 chapter of Acts and verse number 30 and 6. Acts chapter 8, verse 36. Uh, from the English Standard Version, herein the word of God reads, And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? I want to lift that last question in your hearing again. What prevents me from being baptized? If you would, if I can tag a title to this text, label a lesson, label our lesson this morning, your life matters to God. Your life matters. To God, uh, it is a scene uh, not like unlike any scene that we've seen before. The streets are lined with mourners and those wishing to give their respects to the deceased. Uh, it is a horse-drawn carriage with the casket inside the carriage. It is a beautiful scene, but it is a tragic scene because it is a scene of loss and death. And in that scene, while the band plays as the horses draw the carriage down the street, there is a strange happening. A woman who is in one of the following hearse jumps out, runs toward the casket, and while her progress is trying to be prevented by others, she whisks them away, opens up the horse-drawn carriage, leans on the casket, and said, Mama, I did love you. Mama, you did mean something to me. Mama, I do love you. Well, if anybody knows about this scene, this comes from Douglas Kurtz's great story in 1959 movie, The Imitation of Life. And the tragedy in that scene is that this woman who was trying to get to her mother worked her whole life to not be identified with her mother. The choice was her mother, y'all, was a black woman, and that made her by 
by the strange thing, the black woman too, but she passed as a white woman. And all her life, she chose to get rid of her identity. She chose not to be looked at by her identity because she knew this world would not accept her identity. Well, her imitation of life is for many of you and I, the realization of life. We've been in a place where we ain't been accepted our whole life, not only just in this world, but particularly in this country. And now God has chosen to turn the table and God is telling us and has told us all our lives that your life does matter. I thank God that I have a life that matters and I know my life matters because God is a God who has the ability to come chasing after me with his salvation grace. Is there anybody here that can thank God a long time ago he made it up in his mind that he was going to chase you for salvation. We come in a point where we think we're chasing after God. We ain't chasing after God. You ought to thank God that he came looking for you. That in this text, we have an Ethiopian eunuch. We have an Ethiopian, an African, uh, if you will. It was I, Howard Marshall, the great New Testament scholar, who said this Ethiopian was not from modern-day Ethiopia, but that he was from modern-day Sudan. That he was, from, he was from south of where Ethiopia is today. But it was even more the churchman John Stott who just said it plainly. This was a black African. And I like the words of Stott. Stott said this was a black African. And we saw the text is trying to tell us he was an Ethiopian from Ethiopia. He was a eunuch, y'all. He was the leader of the treasury of Candace, the queen of Ethiopia. He had gone to Jerusalem to worship. He was on his way back home. He was reading the scroll of Isaiah. He was trying to make sense of God's salvation. But God had a way of looking at that situation and saying I've always cared and always you've mattered in my life so now I'm going to make sure you know you matter that, that you matter to God because your sanctification is in God's plan we shall see it in the text. Sanctification is in God's plan. This man has gone to worship. He's on his way home. He can't make sense of the biblical text of Isaiah. And because he can't make sense, God says, I'm going to send somebody toward your way. And he just tells Philip to go down the road that leads from Jerusalem to Gaza. Go down. And as Philip going down, he can hear this man reading, your salvation is in in God's plan. Is there anybody here that can thank God that your salvation was a part of God's plan? That God didn't care what you look like. God didn't care how dark your skin was. God didn't care what your outside scars were. But your salvation was in God's plan. Strangely enough, this man, he couldn't, when he went to Jerusalem to worship, because he was a Gentile, he couldn't get into the holy place. That the Jewish religion excluded him from being able to get on the inside. But somebody ought to thank God that maybe I can't get on the inside, but God will draw the inside near to me. Is there anybody here that can thank God that I couldn't get in, but thank God he came out and brought me in? Salvation. Is in God's plan that he couldn't get in not only because of his skin color, but he couldn't get in because of the past scars he had in his life. He was a eunuch, y'all. He was a castrated male. So not only could he even get in to the temple courts, he couldn't get in to where even the Gentiles could worship because he had a physical ailment. But thank God that all of your past scars, God has a way of looking past your past scars, looking past what has been cut off in your life. And God can bind what has been cut off in your life and give you a salvation hope with him. Your salvation and your sanctification is wrapped up in God's plan, but God's, uh, your salvation is also wrapped up in God's exaltation of him sending the right man. Oh, Lord, I wish I had 
and I know I got some Bible readers out there, that, that you got to learn how to thank God for sending the right folk your way. Uh, God just didn't send anybody this man's way. Strangely enough, people of God, he didn't send Peter. He didn't send James. He didn't send one of the 12. He sent one of the six from Acts chapter 6. Uh, if I wish I had some Bible readers, you'd be shouting right there because he sent somebody who had already dealt with racial and harmony and division in his life. Remember, in Acts chapter 6, it was a problem in Jerusalem. The problem was the folk that grew up in the Greek side of town were not getting served the same thing as the folk that grew up in the Hebrew side of town. The folk that lived on the right side of the street were not getting served what the folk on the left side of the street. The old guard was not getting served. The new guard wasn't getting served. Those who were liberals were not getting served, but the conservatives were being served. Those left-wingers were not being served, but the right-wingers were being served. The grand old party was getting served, and Philip was there, and God gave him the service of those new folk. Is there anybody here that can thank God, put somebody in place that will look at my life and say, I'll serve you? Philip? had already been a part of the plan that he knew how to deal with racial, if you will, disharmony. It was Philip who was also earlier on in Acts chapter 8 who was sent to the Samaritans. Philip not only dealt with what was going on in Jerusalem, he dealt with folk that the, the Jews didn't even like. Uh, how do I know Jesus showed Philip the way a long time ago. Jesus told his disciples one time, I must needs go to Samaria. And if you know the history real well, the woman even lets Jesus know when he gets there, you shouldn't be here because Jews and Samaritans have no dealings. But anybody here that can thank God that maybe you don't like me. Maybe you don't like the color of my skin. Maybe you don't like the heritage that I grew up in. But I thank God that he's prepared somebody to come my way and to tell me that you are part of God's children too. Is there anybody here that can thank God that I'm in his, I'm his child also? That your exaltation is in God sending the right man. Philip now he ain't got a problem with what this man looks like because he's already seen this situation. And while Philip is hearing him talk, one thing I love about this man, he is a man of great success and spirituality. But is there anybody here that knows that you can have a lot of stuff and you can be spiritual, but that still don't mean you're saved? Oh, Lord, I wish I had somebody with me. We live in a culture where we, we, we want a lot of stuff. And if you and the truth be told that anything you have, you ought to thank God that he gave it to you. That I thank God for stuff too, y'all. I want the best of what I have. But what I've learned in life is even everything that I have, God gave it to me. Everything that I am, God made. And everything that I want to be, God will take me. Is there anybody here to thank God for your stuff? He was also spiritual, y'all. He said he had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And now he was reading the text and trying to figure out what was going on. Philip said, man, do you understand what you're reading? One thing I love about this African, he had to be the smartest man in the world because uh, you know the smartest man in the world to say, no, I don't know. Beware of folk who know everything. That even when they ain't heard of stuff, They'll make up stuff to try to think that you know. I know this man was smart because he said, I don't know who the prophet is talking about. Is he talking about himself or is he talking about somebody else? And Philip said, now I want to help somebody, that you, you ought to keep your 
eye and your heart in God's word. Because you don't know when the time going to come when you're going to have to deal with the right there text. He was reading Isaiah, and there's a strange part of the text. It says, in his humiliation, justice was denied him. That we know that Isaiah was prophesying, prophesying about the coming Messiah, and that Jesus in human flesh was treated unjustly even though he lived up to the accoutrements of the law. He lived perfectly of the law, but he was humiliated and justice was not served to him. It was denied him. But you ought to thank God for the denial of justice to Jesus because Jesus was denied justice. You and I now live in a world where we getting justice. The, the, the exaltation, your exaltation was in the fact that God was sending the right man. But, but, but I also want to show you that your exoneration is in God's precious, holy lustration. Y'all still with me? Uh, Philip took that text and the Bible says that he told him the good news about Jesus. That is there anybody here that knows uh, the text said that the man was in a desert and desolate place. That don't you know in your lonely times, that don't you know in your dry times, that don't you know in your lonely and uh, desperate times, God can give you the water of the word. And he can parch your holy thirst. And that's what God does here, y'all. He parches this man's holy thirst. From, from that text, he talks about giving him Jesus. And then what I love about this man, that he hears the good news about Jesus Christ. And when he hears that good news, it looks like he seems like I need to look for some more kind of water. That you've given me the holy water of the word, but then I want to know that now I've been washed by the word. I need to wash in some real water. And in the desert place, God had some water to just show up. Don't you thank God that you can walk along life long enough where God will give you a pond to dip your soul in and he'll wash away all your sin. He says, see, here is water. And What's the power in this question? What prevents me from being baptized? Can't you see it, y'all? All his life, he had success and spirituality, but because of his outward appearance, because of his past scars, he couldn't get into the places that everybody else could get in. That he couldn't be born in the hospital, but had to be born at home by a midwife. That he couldn't sit at the counter and eat with everybody else, y'all. But he had to be served his food around the back door. Is there anybody here that he couldn't just walk up to the water fountain and quench his thirst? He had to find one that had his name on it. Is there anybody here that can thank God that God has uh, your life that matters because God will give you a water to be able to dip in? He goes down and the Bible says that he is baptized by Philip. That both go down in the water. And I love the word of God. I, I, I want everybody to learn how to read the word with your eyes open. This Ethiopian, this black African reading on his way didn't know what he was reading. But now it has been blessed revelation to him. That the man he was talking about was Jesus. And I really believe that 
even though he was uh, a, probably a convert to Judaism, he had heard something about Jesus. And the Bible says that when he came up from the water, he started praising God. And I love black folk because it don't take much for us to praise the Lord. But it's amazing to me that he had his own whip, but he wasn't thanking God for the chariot that was taking him back to Ethiopia. I'm sure he had fine clothes on. But he wasn't thanking God for the fine clothes he was wearing. I'm sure he had a cavalcade of servants all around him. But he could have cared less about who was around him. But he got the word of God. And then he started thanking God. Because God had saved his soul. And y'all, y'all know it's been passed down to us. From our unique tribalism. That I don't I believe that even when we didn't know God, we had sense enough to thank God. And even when we didn't have very much, we had sense enough to give him praise and glory. Y'all know that you don't have to have money to praise the Lord. And we've been the kind of folk where we haven't had a lot of money, but we still say God will supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory. That even when we didn't have a lot of education, we will clap our hands and give God some praise. That even when we didn't have the finest shoes, that we would dance and dance and dance all night long to serve God. And I can hear my grandmama say that even if I couldn't dance and even if I couldn't clap, that if I had hands, I can lift my hands. And if I couldn't say a word, I can just wave my hand. Is there anybody here to thank God that your life matters to him? That he is a God who has brought you out despite of what you look like, despite of your past scars, despite of what you don't have. God will send the word to wash over your life. And the word is that Jesus died one Friday. He died for you too, black man. He died for you too, black woman. He died until the sun refused to shine. He died until the moon dripped away in blood. He died. He died until death died. They laid him in a borrowed tomb. But I'm so glad and I stand knowing that my life matters because early Sunday morning, Jesus got up with all power in his hand. Black life matters saving power. Is there anybody here that can thank him that he matters? You matter to him. Your life, your life matters to God. Y'all know this ain't, this ain't about the color of your skin. This is about the choice of the creator. God made all of us in his image. I, I, I love the fact that not, not two chapters later, an Italian man, a, a white man, y'all, he gets saved too. And the strange thing enough is the Bible says when he and his household got saved, the Holy Spirit fell on them. And say when it fell on them, that's when Peter and the rest of them knew that they had been saved. But this African man, the Holy Spirit didn't have to fall at all because when he heard the testimony of Jesus Christ, he lifted up his voice and said, Lord, I give you glory. And Lord, I give you thanks because you brought me out when I wasn't in. And Lord, I thank you. That God is a good God. That God is an awesome God. And that your life and my life matters to God. And we talking about shouting and we talking about praising God. We're the only kind of folk that can praise God for a right bloody song. That, 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 that we don't even look at what we got. 
But when we hear of the precious blood of Jesus Christ, we can thank him and praise him. If y'all will help me sing, and we're now going to move in to our observance of the Lord's Supper. I've always liked right bloody songs, and they make me shout. That when on the cross of Calvary, the Lord was crucified. The mob stood around about him and, and mocked until he died. Two thieves were there beside him to share the agony, but one of them cried out to him, Dear Lord, remember me. That's it, that's it. He died. Two thieves were there beside him to share the agony, but one of them cried out to him, Dear Lord, remember me. Let's go right back to oh, and on the cross of Calvary, the Lord was crucified, the mob surround about him and mocked until he died two thieves were there bit to share the agony but one of them cried out to him got to say this y'all listen listen oh, oh what a shame to kill him there on that rugged cross but such a death such a death was needed to rescue the laws his blood was made a ransom to set the captive free I know that I'm I'm included and he will remember come on y'all help me oh
celebration that we celebrate in the church all the time, that we celebrate the death of the Lord until he comes. But the Bible says that the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body given for you. You would take it and eat ye all of it. Goes on to say, in the same manner, he took the cup. Because the cup represents the new covenant in my blood for the remission of sin. Drink ye all of it. Give me some more good news for as long as you do this. Ye do show the Lord's death until he comes. Oh, that's shouting time right there. That you show the Lord's death until he comes. That means he died, but he ain't dead, y'all. He died, but ain't dead. And I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood I know it was the blood For Oh, he died Upon the cross
Amen. I know that God and people are worshiping God. We just have a couple of notes on this week. And we still have bereaving members of our church. Particularly, we have uh, Brother John Harper who had a brother to go home and be with the Lord. So reach out to Brother John. Pray for that family. We know that family, beautiful family of God. Also this week on Thursday the 24th, uh, our community outreach ministry We'll be distributing 300 boxes of produce and other items. Somebody praise God. Amen. Here's what I like what it says on the on the um, invitation. Open to all. Amen. Amen. Thank God for that. And again, on Friday, September 25th, we're going to have COVID testing from the hours of 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Amen. Thank God for COVID testing. I'm glad again to be here. And if you will rest on your feet, it's time to go home. Are you coming, Pastor? Or? Amen. I'm sorry I didn't do that. I'm sorry. That's right. That's right. I got caught up, y'all. Amen. I got caught up, y'all. want to make sure, though, sermon talked about how you matter to God. And I don't know who you are and where you are. But one thing I do know is that you do matter to God. The Bible says, for God so love, not black folk, not white folk, not Jewish folk. God so love the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believe on him should not perish but have everlasting life. We now offer Christ to you.
very much like this Ethiopian. If you didn't understand what he did for you, now you know he died for you. Laid down his life for you. Regardless of what you look like, regardless of your past sin and struggles, God laid down his life in Jesus Christ for you. The good news is he died, but he's not dead. For Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. And you ought to thank God now that that invitation that Jesus is for you. So the Bible simply says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, that the good news is you shall be saved. That it doesn't matter who you are, but if you believe on Jesus the Christ, salvation is yours today. So we actually offer that invitation to you and that wherever you are in this world, that we pray that you can become a part of this, the Salem Missionary Baptist Church. But if you're somewhere else, we need you to find a Bible teaching and believing church where you can yoke yourselves with the people of God and be built up and encouraged in the family of God. We thank God for all those who have accepted Jesus Christ. Now, Lord, we pray for them. Lord, we thank you for those who have heard your word that, that the, the washing of the water of the word has gone over their hearts and their lives that if they were reading about you but didn't understand and now they do Lord we thank you for them understanding what he did for us understanding that he came that he bled and he died and early Sunday morning he got up with all power in his hands Lord it is in understanding that that we are saved and we thank you Lord we praise you and we bless your name. In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, we pray. And the people of God said, amen, amen, amen. Thank you, brother pastor. Thank you. If we're now, we can stand on our feet. God be with you till we meet again. Thank God again for our presiding officer, Sister Georgina Washington. Give God praise for Sister Washington. Amen. For always for Sister Anita Shankle, thank God for her and the tireless work of the video audio video room and our minister of music, Brother Finnessy Bush and his son, Brother Bush. Amen. Amen. God be with you. May God be with you. from stumbling and able to present us blameless before his glory to the only wise God may there be glory may there be dominion may there be power both forever and henceforth and let all the church say Amen several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give on Cash App 
at dollar sign the church with zeal via the Givelify app by mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.